Whoa. Holy glory. Shing ding dang. Well, let's jump into tonight's um, teach session. Uh, uh, Mystical Truth Therapy, part two. Mystic Truth Therapy, which is just a, a clever little phrase that just means believing the gospel. <laughs> hearing the gospel, letting the gospel wash over every part of us, uh, day after day, hearing again and again, and letting our mind, will, and emotions align with that. But um, this really is how uh, my emotions have been set to feel so incredibly happy and healthy for like the last 15 years. And that's why my passion is to share it. Like this is, you know, it's all the gospel, it's all Jesus, it's all the Trinity, the finished work, you know, experiencing the supernatural presence. But this teaching is kind of a bit of a practical one. You know, everyone's asking, give me something practical. And the gospel is really actually very impractical. What must we do? Um, it's actually already done. What must I do? Uh, we all want to know. But, and, and really, I think, you know, that's why I love, we've been joining the mirror word studies recently and, what I love about the Mirror Bible is Francois brings everything back to the fact that it's either religion or Jesus. You know, it's either performance. Every, every, you know, if you're sober, it's because of performance. Always. You know what I mean? If you're like, if you're not experiencing the things that, uh, the things of God, it's always religion or performance has lodged itself somewhere a lot in a lie that you believe in, you know? And so, the good news is it doesn't depend on us to convince ourselves, praise God, or to address every lie. But um, actually, let me read the quote from Francois again that we read last week. Because, again, this mystic truth therapy thing, I, I was provoked by a, a phrase from um, Francois's book, God Believes in You. Uh, just a drunk title of a book. <laughs> if you haven't read it, it's very, very worthwhile. <laughs> and we're using all kinds of mere Bible quotes and stuff, but this is something that Francois put on his uh, Facebook a few years back that was partly from the book, God Believes in You, but it says, Truth therapy does not attempt to untangle the complicated emotional hurts and traumas of the past. Instead, truth reveals the integrity of our original life, perfectly redeemed in Christ. Ooh. He is the fountainhead of our Genesis. The engineer of the universe is also our savior. Paul did not say, behold the old. He said, behold, all things are new. Second Corinthians 5, 16, 17. It's not about denial. It's about embracing something of far greater consequence. Jesus died humanity's death. <laughs> and thus brought closure to every claim against mankind's wholeness. Rebooted life is our new reality. So that's where I got the phrase truth therapy from. You know, uh, Francois has been saying stuff like this for years. And we're not, again, we're not uh, telling people not to engage other forms of therapy or counsel. We went over that last week. Like this isn't about, um, you know, telling people to be ashamed for getting mental health care. Okay, we're excited if you're able, in fact, we're excited about re removing that stigma. Like if you can get help from anywhere, Papa's 
for that. Um, but in the church, we've, we've had a secret for 2,000 years, the mystic secret called the gospel, which is the most effective form of therapy. <laughs> wow! Come on, just put your hand on your heart and just say, he's the wonderful counselor. <laughs> Whoa! Holy Spirit, you're a wonderful counselor. Jesus, your gospel is enough, even for me, even for those areas of my life where I felt stuck or confused. Whoa, you are more than enough for me. Wow, 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 wow. And you're with me, you're in me, and you're embracing me, and you're holding me, which is causing me to behold the truth. Whoa, 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 and be transformed. So, holy glory. So I just want to talk about that. Like a lot of it is this beholding, right? So mystic truth therapy is just the beholding that happens in the embrace of the Trinity. Um, it's for me, the last 15 years have, it doesn't, <laughs> my life has gone right. But for the last 15 years, I've been in bliss, guys. Like despite, regardless of whatever's going on. And yeah, there were, you know, there, you know, if there are still moments of highs and lows, but the the lows are higher and the highs are higher. And it's it's as my mind is transformed or as my being is awakened to the fact that I've already been given his mind, that I've already been given all the fullness, all the goodies, and that now every day I'm filled with the self-control that if there's a moment where uh, what I'm feeling, where I'm thinking, what I'm desiring doesn't you know, make sense that I, I can take that captive. I can take. <laughs> and as we'll go over again, like ultimately actually Holy Spirit is the one that's providing us with this self-control, with this ability to not be stuck, with this ability to, to look somewhere different, you know, to take our focus. And it's really a lot about focus, you know, but without putting it back onto ourselves and we want to in a gospel way like talk about how um you know mystic truth therapy and taking thoughts captive is really it, it's it's not only how we just kind of stay high or like stay in the bliss but it's how all of the fruit and and the the manifestations of what christ has given us like practically come into experience right we know the objective work of christ which last year we took I think 15 sessions on what is the gospel, like the person and work of Jesus. We took session after session after session to like just bask in the, the whole point of it all, the person and work of Jesus, right? Whoa! And it's just, you know, hearing that over and over again uh, is what causes this objective thing to be experienced subjectively. Um, and so, once we've taken that time to kind of lay that groundwork, then some people are like, well, I've heard all of that. They're like, of course, I understand everything you say to me, but why isn't that not working yet, you know, for me? <laughs> and they'll say, what must I do, you know? And the, the reality is, is the Holy Spirit has got you, but Holy Spirit is always drawing your eyes back to reality. So the, the thing is, this is what uh, Baxter often says over and over again, is we're all insane to some degree. We've all got some insanity going on. Might as well recognize it up front, like, which just means there's areas where we, we've forgotten the truth, where we're not seeing the gospel yet and we believed a lie. Um, I wrote something in my notes uh, somewhere in here about how uh, every, what is it? 
Every negative thing that's happening in the world is rooted in a lie somewhere. Every negative thing that's happening, every negative thing is rooted somewhere in a lie because Jesus took care of every negative thing already at the cross. So for there to be some like brokenness, some sickness, some depression, some whatever that negative thing that's coming, you know, into your experience, it's only there because of a lie. Mystic truth therapy is merely remembering the truth, right? Which is Holy Spirit's primary job to lead us into all truth. And those thoughts get taken captive. And if this is super good news because there's, there's so many self-help things out there. There's so many religions. There's so many, you know, even Christianity is usually a religion. And all of these things that say, well, you can live in wholeness and bliss and happiness either after you die or after you do these 50 steps and become super spiritual, go on lots of fasts, listen to all the tapes and videos and sermons and go to the seminaries and do all those things. And those things can all be good, but only if they're pointing to the truth. If they're signpost back to this greasy grace gospel of Jesus, wah, where our, our being is being reminded um, and we begin to think God's thoughts after him. So, whoa, um, shing, ding, ding. All I can say is it works, guys. Be, a lot of people, when I dive in, so we're, the next couple of sessions, we're going to get like into some of the nitty gritty of this, the, just the practical. And some people don't like it, but all I can say is I've been whacked up and seeing a lot of good fruit for 15 years. So, you know, if your life is already like in bliss and seeing really great fruit, then just keep going whatever with whatever you're going with. But if you don't like what I'm going to say in some of these sessions, like at least maybe consider like the fruit, you know, <laughs> consider... I only preach, I only do ministry because I'm happy and I want other people to be happy. <laughs> like that's why I'm doing it, you know. I I have nothing to prove. I don't care if you listen to me or whatever. I just, I, I like you and I want good things for your life, you know. <laughs> like I want you to be whacked, dude. You can live in heaven on earth life. And just getting over that hump, we talked about that last week. It's, it's so big for people just to believe that that's even possible. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's easy. It's effortless, in fact. You know, what? it's the most natural thing. You actually have to work to not live in this. <laughs> what? It's not work to live in heaven on earth. Jesus already brought it here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's work to not live in it. So shine, ding, 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 shing, ding, ding. So, all right, I'm not going to say anything that's probably too scandalous to most of you guys, you know, but because uh, I know uh, like you guys are all gospel junkies out there. Why don't you give another drink to one of your gospel junkie friends to the cheers. Because, <laughs> but it might be scandalous for some people tuning in later on YouTube or on the podcast. I don't know. You know, you never know, but um. Anyway, we'll find out. Okay, so I want to define <laughs> what are we talking about here? Um, actually, you know what? Before we even do that, let's read Colossians 3. Let's look at Colossians 3. Let's start out in the Bible, right? People are like, what, what are these people talking about? Okay, let's, let's root it in the Bible. Amen. We're going to read a lot of scriptures tonight if we can manage to get there, if we can read still. Um, shing, ding, ding. I'm going to read from the mirror, Colossians 3, 1 to 6. Whoa. And then uh, maybe we'll look at it in another translation somewhere. But 
Colossians 3, 1 to 6 in the Mirror Bible. You are raised together with Christ. So pursue with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in Christ. Relocate yourself mentally. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities. His resurrection co-raised you to the same position of authority, seated in the executive strength of God's right hand. Becoming affectionately acquainted with these thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly realm. Now, this isn't talking about Gnosticism. It's talking about that world system based on performance, religion, and evil. But, okay, verse 3. Your union with his death broke the association with that world. Whoa! Your union with his death broke the association with that world. The secret of your life now is the fact that you are fully embraced with Christ in God. So occupy your mind with this new order of life. You have died. Your new life is hid in oneness with Christ and God. The secret of your life is your union with Christ and God. Risen then with Christ, you must lift your thoughts above where Christ now sits at the right hand of God, being heavenly minded, not earthly minded. You have undergone death. Your life is hidden away with Christ and God. Christ is your life. When he is made manifest, you are made manifest in his glory. Uh, Francois just interjected the Knox translation in there. That's what we just read. All right, verse 4, Colossians 3, 4. Every time Christ is revealed as our life, we are co-revealed in the same glory, likeness and image of God, being united together with him. As his life reveals you, your life reveals him. Ooh. Verse 5, consider the members of your body as dead. Again, the word consider, right? Consider the members of your body as dead and buried toward everything related to the porn industry, sensual uncleanness, longing for forbidden things, lust and greed, which are just another form of idol worship. Idol worship is worshiping a distorted image of yourself. Whoa. These distorted expressions are in total contradiction to God's desire for your life. Whoa. Glory, glory. So tonight the scriptures we're going to read are just these verses about essentially being ruthless with what you meditate on being ruthless with what you're just thinking about letting where letting you know what does he say relocating yourself mentally whoa this is not difficult because it is the life of your design right it's difficult for you to keep entertaining lies <laughs> it's easy to wake up now you're a new creation you're like I mean, feel him inside there. Whoa, feel the Trinity inside there. Feel their, their thoughts are inside of you. But there are thoughts externally that have been projected upon you or people just said lies over you, spoken things over you for so long that every day most of us have this option of like, we hear these two voices, but one is supernaturally united with your life from the core of who you are. So it's natural for you to agree with that from within, right? You're never going to hear tr truth that doesn't resonate from within. If you hear anything that doesn't resonate from within, you can reject it because Christ is in there. Like the depths of who you are is Jesus, right? Like united with Jesus. So, whoa. So, you know, this truth therapy, it, which I believe, you know, again, let, let's back up to what we were talking about last week. There are other effective forms and necessary sometimes forms of therapy right things that people engage especially when you know they've been put to 
They've been through so much that their fight or flight just kicks in when they're in, like, or they're just, you know, they're triggered to the point of not even being able to hear. Although the gospel sometimes will supernaturally overwhelm all of that too, right? We don't want to discount this, the crazy miracles of God, right? But with all that discussion about that's happening everywhere you go nowadays, like everybody's talking about therapy and counseling. And, and I thank God for that because there's leaps and bounds being happened. A lot of great growth, but 90% of the time, that's what I was saying last week, I believe the majority of the time, when you're experiencing something that you want to overcome or just some challenge or whatever, some negative thing, if you just simply sit and dwell on the truth for a minute, whoa, like, I'm, I died. My life is now hidden with Christ in God. Whoa. Like, just whatever it is, taking thought captive to the gospel um, in whatever way that may be. Oh, hang on. My phone is running out of space here. Shing, ding, ding. Sometimes you got to delete the old videos, you know? Um, Shabbat. In whatever way that may be that you personally just sit in just a moment of time, you know, it doesn't have to take a, like this whole long, can you free up some space on here for a minute? It doesn't have to take this whole long process. It's not this difficult thing. It's just simply in those moments, like in Holy Spirit, we usually initiate that for you, right? Like you'll find throughout your day, this is the whole great thing about prayer. We talk so much about telling people strategies for prayer, but like the reality is God's always more eager to like meet with you because he's in you, um, permanently in you, always more eager to like start the prayer meeting than you are. You don't need to fast to get God to show up. Like God's like Jesus fasted so that you could show up, you know, <laughs> like it's, he's there always initiating this stuff. So like even throughout your day, sometimes you'll forget if you're like worried that you don't get this message tonight, like it's okay because Holy Spirit's just going to keep bringing the truth back around to you, back around to you, back around to you, back around. Um, Part of the only reason I, I even share this is just so people don't end up sometimes feeling stuck, like they're waiting. You, you, ne you never have to wait a moment. You can always do, and this is what we're going to go over some of these scriptures tonight. Like you can always relocate yourself mentally, or you can always set your mind on things above, or you can always, Paul would say, whatever is good, whatever is true, whatever is noble, think about these things. Right, so there's always that opportunity to just go back because it is all good and it's all noble and it's all like, you know, the reality is so freaking good that uh, there's, I mean, there's a ton of good things to think about. Anyway, whoa. So yeah, we were just starting with that from, from Paul. Maybe we should read a few other scriptures. I don't know. I think we should. I was gonna do this at the end, but um. I'll put some of these on the screen. Let's look at uh, just just uh, we're we were gonna get to these anyway, but I'm feeling the flow to go here now. Um, I'm just gonna put up some of these from the Mirror Bible. Okay, this we did this one last week, but it's let's just put our eyes on it again. Whoa, this is John eight thirty one to thirty two. Um, yeah, you can delete anything but that one. John eight thirty one to thirty two in the mirror says, Jesus then said to those Jews who were believing in him to take my word to its complete conclusion and then abide in seamless union with its logic to truly be my disciples. 
Here he is not referring to some future red letter edition Bible highlighting his words. Jesus is speaking about the Logos defining his I amness face to face with God before time was, then documented in prophetic language in ancient scripture, now unveiled in incarnate human form as in a mirror. In this abiding, you will fully know the truth about who you are, and this knowing will be your freedom. Ooh, come on. So again, this scripture is, is, you know, Jesus talking about the reality of knowing the truth of what, here, here's something that a lot of people get stuck on. Um, it, it's almost like there's two kind of camps that you encounter in, in Christianity. There's like, there's the people that love theology all the time. And there's people that love experience all the time. And I don't know, get why these groups just can't like intermingle, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, in fact, they are intermingled, they're intermingled in Christ, right? But you, you'll get, you'll meet some people that will read this John 8, 31 to 32, and they'll always be emphasizing uh, the experiential truth is the person, you know, so it's always about ex having a supernatural experience, like you have to have an open vision with Jesus all the time, or you always have to be like having some encounter, right? Which we are always having those, praise God. Um, but then there's the other camp that's all about like, it's just, you know, getting all the theological ducks in a row and like memorizing everything and just trying to figure everything out. And the reality is we have both of those. That's what he's referring to both. So truth is a person. And I'll, I'll speak to this a little bit more because most of us, if you've joined Jubilee, you're probably a charismatic, right? Like that's probably your background because you couldn't handle all the shingdings and the shabbas that we do. Uh, <laughs> So you're, that's probably your background. I'll meet people all the time. They're like, I love the gospel that you guys are preaching, but all I need to do is look into Jesus's eyes. And I'm like, that is so valuable. and so amazing looking into Jesus's eyes. Whoa, so whacked. But Jesus, the person has a message, right? And so it's like to only want to look into his eyes, but not hear what he spoke and what he's taught to us. It's like, you know, being married to someone and never wanting to hear them talk. You know, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. It, it's beautiful to embrace your beloved. Oh my God, have those mystical experiences. But if you're, so if you want to be into both aspects of this truth that makes you free, if you're just feeling the glory all the time, I mean, how many of you guys have met guys that are, they're always feeling the glory, but they hate theology and their life is a mess. Right? And you meet people that are always into theology and never feeling the glory, their life is a mess. Because you are made for both, right? We are mystic creatures with a rational, conscious mind. So it's it's both of these things. Um, and whoa, like, let's just take a moment and feel the glory. <laughs> Yo, woo, Jesus is in my body. Oh. Yo, and any real good theology is going to point to that and it's going to be experiential theology. So it's just sad when those things get separate. Um, I couldn't do John 831 without mentioning that briefly, but mystic truth therapy is going to engage both. It's going to, it's going to be deeply theological. If you don't have a love for theology, your life will get messed up. If you don't have a light, a love for experience, your life's going to be messed up in some way, not truly objectively in Christ, your life is whole, you know, but you won't. You won't feel that freedom, right? Jesus literally says, you abide in my word, you are my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So something about this experiential knowledge of it and that's that's the truth therapy, whoa. Um, let's look at some more. 
I'm just looking at more Bible verses, Shaka. I'm going to put some up here. Um, what's the next one? All right, this is 2 Corinthians 10. Whoa, I've done whole series on this and uh, taking thoughts captive. I mentioned that before. I, I like it. Um, someone in our WhatsApp thread was mentioning that oftentimes in some charismatic world, they can, this can easily be turned into a work. Um, some people have had, been beaten over the head by taking thoughts captive. And if, if you just are, if you're striving at it, it will become a denial type of thing. It won't be healthy, right? Striving is never healthy. But let's read this in the mirror. The dynamic of our strategy is revealed in God's ability to disengage mindsets and perceptions that have held people captive in pseudo fortresses for centuries. Oh, come on. (laughs) Pseudo fortresses is a word that gets me there. All the, all the problems, again, are based in a lie. They're pseudo-problems. Yes, there's a level of truth to them, but they're not substantial. God wants to disengage these mindsets and perceptions that you walk free from the pseudo-fortress. Shaba. 10.5. Every lofty idea and argument positioned against the knowledge of God is cast down and exposed to be a mere invention of our own imagination. We arrest every thought that could possibly trigger an opposing threat to our redeemed identity and innocence at spear point. The caliber of our weapon is empowered by the revelation of the ultimate consequence of the obedience of Christ. The obedience of Christ dwarfs the effect of the disobedience of Adam into insignificance. Oh, just say the the dis. I mean, the disobedience of Adam is insignificant. <laughs> oh man, how many sermon series would be ended? Mm. <laughs> Ten six. Our ears are fine tuned to echo the voice of a likeness that resonates within us. We are acquainted with the articulate detail of the authentic language of our origin. Wow. That's why it's not a work, because taking thoughts captive to this is just like speaking the authentic language of your origin. Whoa. You know you were, you were born in heaven. You know you were born in God. You were born in Eden. Uh, to return to this kind of language makes sense to us. It's why everyone wants to be happy, even though people feel bad about being happy. They've got a lot of reasons why they can't be. Everybody still wants it. And when this gospel comes and tells us, you, you can be happy every day. It's okay. At first we resist, but we're drawn into it because it is the authentic language of our heart. Like, oh, I know I was made for happiness. It's okay for me to feel happy. Like sometimes that's just all you need to hear is the, the thought that's captive. Like the thought that's coming over and over saying, you don't deserve to be happy. Uh, that's not biblical. Like the, the gospel is about serving people and not being happy, you know, (laughs) as if those two things are opposed. (laughs) Woo! Anyway, there's so much in that 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Any one of these verses, I encourage you, if you're provoked by this series at all, to take some of these scriptures, maybe there's one the Holy Spirit's really lighting on, and just just soak in it for a while, like, um, because any series, any sermon thing is just scratching the surface, but uh, let's look at Romans 6, 11. I think I have this in the mirror too. Let's see. Yes, here we go. 
Romans chapter 6, 11. All these passages I'm pulling up are passages about uh, your Holy, Holy Spirit-empowered ability to refocus on reality. And the importance of that, though it doesn't depend on you, but the importance of that, just being that habit, that's an intentional habit of your life. That's your, one of your new habits. So this Romans 6, 11 says, this reasoning is equally relevant to you. Calculate the cross. There can only be one logical conclusion. He died your death. That means you died to sin and are now alive to God. Sin consciousness can never again feature in your future. You are in Christ Jesus. His Lordship is the authority of this union. Woo. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you, Lord. So let, let, does anyone have that in another translation? They want to read Romans 6, 11. I, that's so good in the mirror. I want to look at it in just one more. Anybody got their Bibles out, boys and girls? Shing, ding, ding. I got the NASB here too. But... If you got it, go ahead and read it. Otherwise, I'll try to beat you there. <laughs> Where am I? There we go. Okay. All right, I got it in just uh, the NASB. It says, even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Whoa. The considering. Again, I'm just bringing back to some of these verses, right? Where it's like, what are you considering? What are you setting your mind on? That's, you know, it, it, again, don't turn this into this some work where you have to put 100 verses on your mirror and recite them every morning. Like, if that's helpful for you and it feels easy, then do it. But, I, you know, that was that's the, the issue, I think, that a lot of people ran into with, like, word of faith is, like, you have to say it, say it, say it. Keep saying it. You better keep saying it. You know, otherwise, you know, it, it's as if it's not natural to you. You know, if it's not as if it's not already in you. At the same time, there's just something that Paul does remind us over and over, like consider yourselves dead to sin. When you begin to consider just on a daily basis, like if, if an issue starts to arise where you start to feel like I'm broken or I'm tempted or like I, I'm still stuck in sin, in that moment, you always have the option to consider, oh, wait, I'm dead. Like, <laughs> like, like that part of me is gone. Oh, wait. And it as that as that considering becomes normal, more and more normal. Eventually, it's like you don't you don't even consider anymore. You're just in permanent consideration. You know, you're like, whoa, I I have no, I don't, you know. And you can tell we all will say lies to each other sometimes, where you can tell someone hasn't considered themselves dead, you know, to sin, and we'll we'll speak it out. And but the but. The more often, you know, we're taking these thoughts captive, we're, remove, we're reminding ourselves back to this stuff, all of a sudden we just feel whole. We're like, oh, that old person, because it actually is the truth, we start to come out of our insanity. You know, whoa. The, the insanity is very weak. Yes. Yes. It's very weak. It's not strong. <laughs> it feels really strong in the moment. But as we listen to the, the apostles, you know, like they probably had something good to say. There's a reason there's all these books of the Bible who say over and over. Let's look at another one. Let's just let's look at Philippians 4, 8, Woo, where the apostles 
are reminding us again and again and again and again. Uh, I think this is it. Oh, that was Romans 12. We'll get there. Um, Shabbating dog. I don't know where I put it. I might not have that one in the mirror. I'll just pull it up in my physical copy here. Philippians in the 4A. If someone has it in the mirror, feel free to pull that out too. But. Oh, he's got He's already there. Dante is on the ball. You can you can all see it, right? Oh, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Philippians 4 8. Now let this be your conclusive reasoning. Consider. There's that word again. Whoa, consider. <laughs> it always gets me drunk. Remember where, where uh, Jesus said, Consider the lilies? Oh, 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 oh my god. <laughs> consider the lilies for a minute. Whoa. Consider. Oh my god. The Holy Spirit's on that word right now. Just <laughs> Woo! consider uh, that which is true about everyone. <laughs> Oh my God! I'm glad we didn't miss the mirror version of this. <laughs> Consider that which is true about everyone as evidenced in Christ. Live overwhelmed by God's opinion. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is mystic truth therapy. Living overwhelmed by God's opinion of you. Acquainting yourself with the revelation of righteousness. Realize God's likeness in you. Make it your business. <laughs> I have <laughs> Make it your business. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Okay. I thought it was just the word consider. Now it's the word business. Um, oh, my God. I can't read. Uh, make it your business. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we've made ourselves busy with a lot of different stuff. Oh man, this is you mean uh, make it your business to declare mankind's redeemed innocence. Think friendship. <laughs> That's literally the one sentence. Here are two words. Think friendship. <laughs> Discover how famous everyone is in the light of the gospel. <laughs> Mankind in God's limelight. Ponder how elevated you are in Christ. Oh, oh my God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Ponder how elevated you are in Christ. This is just stuff that we, we've allowed so many times, other just lies, you know? We've entertained lies. Um, usually it's because they're familiar. You know, somebody said something to us so many times. Somebody in authority in our life said a lie to us. Someone from school, someone from church, someone from home, you know? But we have this opportunity. This is why the Bible exists, right? Like, this is why we preach. This is why. We teach to remind each other of this stuff, like to ponder, to tell someone, hey, you're really elevated in Christ. <laughs> you were really elevated in Christ. Like, 
look at somebody, look at yourself, just put your hand on your chest. Like I am very elevated in Christ. <laughs> oh, oh, how elevated, <laughs> how elevated. Ooh. Mm. Francois's notes say, engage your thoughts with throne room realities where we are co-seated together with Christ. Oh, the word logitsomai suggests a logical reasoning by which we take everything into account. Alethes means that which was hidden but is now uncovered. In Ephesians 3.21, Paul speaks about the truth embodied in Jesus. The word overwhelmed is semnos from sebomai, to revere, to adore. Whoa, to be overwhelmed. I love that logitsomai taking everything into account that's really what this is so <clears throat> taking thoughts captive one of the biggest revelations holy spirit has had showed me and i can't remember when this was but it was that we're off we're so often only we're missing the forest for the trees right we take one little uh, circumstance into account and we forget the big picture so to take to to consider with god is to step back into onto god's throne he sees it all you know, we, when you find yourself stuck, discouraged, depressed, in despair, the truth therapy is to step back into God's view and to see the whole picture. That every issue that you feel like you're dealing with is like a millisecond in the blip of billions of years of bliss. You know, like, <laughs> I was just talking with Daniel Ryder on the phone the other day. Like, people have a problem with the happiness of God. People have a problem with the happy God. But if you, you know, especially Christians will often tell you, like, you can't be that happy. But if you ask them, uh, what do you think God, God's emotion is going to be for billions of years, like in the future? What's our experience going to be for millions and millions and billions and billions of years? Be like, if, if they're honest with you and you're not, they're not already trying to defend their position, <laughs> they'll tell you, well, God's going to be in heavenly bliss, right? We're all going to be living together with God for billions and billions and billions and billions of years in heavenly bliss. So, is it okay to say that God's primary emotion is then happiness? Like, is to if we step back and we see the big picture, is it okay to think joy is the biggest defining factor of our existence, and that circumstances that don't go our way are little blips of like you know like one page in a trillion-page book of bliss. You know, but we forget because we're focused on the one page and taking thoughts captive is remembering the bigger view. Whoa, like everything is okay. Everything works out for me for billions and billions and billions and billions of years. Like, I mean, I'll often ask people, what's the worst that could happen? If the worst is that we might have a few bad pages. In a billion page book filled with billions of pages of bliss. Now that doesn't mean that we want to like, God's not there mocking those few bad pages. If you're on a bad page right now, he's with you, holding you, weeping with you, sitting with you. But it, eventually he wants to lift your perspective so that you can, even in those moments, remember, oh my God, my life is hammered. My life is really, really good. This moment is a blip. We, we, we so often don't consider the whole story. We don't consider we're on one page of the story, but the whole is hammered. It's, the whole story is billions of years of bliss. My God.
Holy glory. All right. Let's look at John 16, 15. Rachel texted this one to me this week because of a joke. <laughs> and it happened to be the very verse that I w was looking for. I love how our jokes, even all our jokes are working together. Oh, there's the one I wanted earlier. Okay. Shaba, let's see if I can find the one. There it is. Ooh. John 16, 14, and 15 in the mirror. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will endorse my opinion of you by taking that which is mine and interpreting it in you. Whoa, but this is so good. I kid you not. Like, this one puts it all in Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit will take the truth of Jesus and interpret it inside of your body. <laughs> the word often translated glory to form an opinion. The word angelo from Anna upwards and to declare. The preposition Anna always points upwards to the things that are above the earth's perspective. Whoa. Verse, six, uh, verse 15, the Father and I enjoy all things in common, Ooh, even to the finest detail. Because this is so, I said that the close companion, Holy Spirit, esteems my glory and lays a hold of that which is within me and declares it within you from heaven's point of view. Wow. The best text read, Lambanet takes instead of Lambasetai shall take takes holy the relation between the son and the spirit is present and constant we're the close companion i love that name for holy spirit whoa just notice holy spirit in you as our close companion <laughs> the one who is ultimately taking these lies captive and, and let me, let me just say that, you know, this isn't about gaslighting yourself out of your perspective, right? It's that lies would be captive to truth. Because a lot of the things that you are experiencing is a beautiful, valid expression. That's why God made you. God didn't make you to, like, tell you to shut up, you know. <laughs> God didn't make you to gaslight you. But these most of us are so steeped in lies that it's often better if we shut up <laughs> and listen, you know. Uh, we want to talk, 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 you know, prayer. The, I mean, isn't it great when prayer is just listening mostly? Listening. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Instead of complaining, instead of asking, basking, sitting. And just, you know, if the if our only prayer for maybe 10 years of our life is just thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't he didn't come to gaslight you and to just shut you up, but he wants you to be free of the lies. You know, and so time and time again, Holy Spirit is coming. And taking from what is Jesus, in his, especially in his revelation of reality. Like how much of John 1 is Jesus saying, they were in darkness and I came as the light in the darkness. What's the darkness? It's just the lies about reality. We believe that God was bad. We believe that we were bad. We believe the world was bad. We believe everything is bad, 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 bad. You know, we're telling each other bad news all the time. And it, it takes a miracle of the gift of the Holy Spirit to give us truth, to, to administer this truth therapy. Just administer some truth therapy in your neighbor's vein. Whoa, the miracle. <laughs> I need it. I need it every day, guys. Whoa. Because depression is a lie. Whoa. 
that issue, that insurmountable issue is a lie. Reality sucks is a lie. My, I'm stuck. That's a lie, right? I can't overcome that. That's a lie. I mean, I can't overcome it, but there's one in me. My Jesus. Oh, let's look at one more. Why not? Let's see if I find the right one this time. Oh, there it is. Now, this one's really good because it, it's, uh, again, so many of the, the lies that we're taking captive are lies of performance. They're lies of the law. They're the law-based lie, the lie that we don't measure up, the lie that if we did more, we would have more. You know, so Francois' translation here of Romans 12, 1 and 2 is really hammered. So check this out. Um, now the stage is set for all of us. All these faith heroes cheer us on, as it were, like a great multitude of... Oh, I'm in Hebrews 12, actually. Both of the 12. We'll get to Romans 12 in a minute. Like a multitude of spectators in the amphitheater. This is our moment. <laughs> I know. I just get smacked. This is our moment. As with an athlete who is determined to win, it would be silly to carry any baggage of the old law system that would weigh one down. Whoa. Make sure you do not get your feet clogged up with sin consciousness. Mm. Become absolutely streamlined in faith. Run the race of your spiritual life with total persuasion, persuaded in the success of the cross. Whoa. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking away from the shadow dispensation of the law and prophets and fixing your eyes on Jesus. Whoa. Again, how many issues are solved by fixing your eyes on Jesus? And that's not a work. The apostles say it over and over again. Behold the man. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You know, it says he is the fountain and conclusion of faith. He saw the joy of mankind's salvation and he braved the cross and despised the shame of it. As the executive authority of God, he now occupies the highest seat of dominion to endorse mankind's innocence. Whoo. Looking away from the shadow dispensation, looking away from the lie, looking, just looking upon Jesus. We could do a million sermons on that one. My God, the snake on the pole, man. Dante's old song, you know, it's old already. Uh, so well, it's old to me because I've sang it a hundred times a day. It's so good, but he killed the spider or whatever it is. I'm drunk now. He killed the he killed the spider. He, he, <laughs> he crushed the serpent's head. Behold the man. Behold him. Look at how many times when you're in an issue, if we would just take our eyes and put it on the man. Whoa, you're like, I don't feel drunk. Well, stop thinking about that. Look at the man. Like, oh, I'm not, I don't see a miracle in this. Look at the man. Whoa, look at the one on the tree. Behold him. Whoa, how do I make this miracle happen? Wrong question. Look at the man. <laughs> how do I get out of this situation? Feel the virtue flowing from that man who died, bled, all of his blood was buried and was resurrected. Okay, now I'm going to get Romans 12. We're going to get there. 
Help me, Jesus. Help, help, help. Help. Nope. Wrong one. Okay. Romans 12. If you have it in the mirror, feel free to pull it up. Um, yeah, I've lost it again. Okay. Romans 12. Oh, Dante's so fast. We'll just do it for verse 1. Um, actually, let's go to 2. Uh, Romans 12, 2. In the, I'm reading the mirror. Do not allow current religious tradition to mold you into its pattern of reasoning. But like an inspired artist, give attention. There's attention again. To the detail of God's desire to find expression in you. Become acquainted with perfection. <laughs> Whoa! That, we may breeze over that verse, but that verse is preached in point zero 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 one of the church. <laughs> Become acquainted with perfection. Most of us have heard messages of imperfection so long that even if you go to a hundred mirror word Bible studies, you still doubt this stuff. You know, even if you read like, but that's why I want to encourage you to become ruthless with these thoughts, become ruthless with it. Just, just, I, I can't tell you the, the, the few friends that I've kind of counseled over periods of years, like into freedom, it's that I've seen the most effectiveness by just encouraging them, be ruthless with your thought life. When those thoughts come in, come look at the man again, become acquainted with perfection. Like I am perfect. So say it a million times, like look in the mirror. I'm per I'm flawless. I'm beautiful. I'm stunning. Say it a million times. Like I'm dead sexy. Like you just whatever you have to say. Like whatever cracks through the mold of religion, you know. <laughs> but look into his eyes and hear him say it over you. That's where we're reading those Song of Solomon things earlier. My God. Said so you are flawless. He looks at us and he said, there is no flaw in you. Whatever translation you got, become acquainted with perfection. Why? Not just as a self-help positive thinking method, but because it's reality. If it wasn't reality, this would just be another, you know, there's a tiny bit of power in like positive thinking techniques, but not if that, but this is reality. That's the difference. That's the difference between positive thinking and the gospel. The gospel happens to be the most positive message of all time, which would be shallow if it wasn't real. You know, like we're not trying to deny and just live happy clappy. We're tapped into a substance that's happier than any, you know, whatever cartoon of the sunshines and rainbows that you ever saw in your life. It, whatever meme that has all the psychedelic, you know, happy cats, it's happier. You know, whatever. It's like, Picture your picture. It is become acquainted with perfection. To accommodate yourself to the delight and good pleasure of Him will transform your thoughts afresh from within. Let me read it in the NASB. It's just it's super good, right? Because um, it talks about pleasing and perfect stuff. In any whatever translation you've got, uh, you know Francois didn't make this stuff up. <laughs> Romans 12, 2 in the NASB says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. All that God has for you is good, acceptable, and perfect. The will of God is always good, acceptable, and perfect. It's always talking about perfect things. It's talking about 
I mean, even the word acceptable, probably, you know, when you say like, we're all accepted in his presence, it's way more than that. You're celebrated in his presence. Like you're, you're, it's not that he's like, just, he tolerates that you made it. Like, you're, whoa, you're, you're here. You're here. You know, <laughs> it's you. Whoa. Like, the good, the will of God is so drunk. My life is so drunk. Uh, whoa. It's the renewing of our mind to that reality. Um, so it's allowing yourself to taking thoughts captive is allowing yourself to be brainwashed. These verses are literally all about brainwashing. And, and I, I get it. There's a reason to be scared of brainwashing in this world. But also the only way your life is transformed is by brainwashing. It's just, is it truth or lies, right? Like washing with the water of the word. So it's over and over again until your subconscious and every part of your being. So um, the ancients would often talk about, and you read this in Orthodox theology about the word uh, N-O-U-S, like you can pronounce it nous. Um, sometimes it's translated mind, sometimes it's translated heart. But um, and I, I bet that they would. there's some translations that would use that word nous here where it's like, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, but it's your entire being, your 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 nous, your heart, your will, your emotions. Like, and this isn't a process. It's it's actually an awakening to the fact that the process already happened. You know, so that's why even sometimes when we just talk about like our thoughts, we think, oh, the only thing God, that Jesus didn't say was my brain or something, right? It's not that, but it's an awakening of somehow our entire being, mind, will, emotions, our heart to to this reality. And it, it happens by the, the washing the water of the word, by the power of Holy Spirit. And it happens somehow mystically through this, our participation in, in agreeing with lies, you know, or truth or agreeing until our being is vibrating with the, with like, all there is is good, all, goodness. All there is is bliss for me. All there is is hammered drunk. All there is is life. All God has for me is life. All God has for me is good. I'm perfect. God's perfect. Everyone's perfect. The world's redeemed. The world's saved. Like these are the little truth therapy nuggets that I, I'm ruthless about in my life that have made me feel this every day. And, and they say, you know, your feelings follow thoughts, right? But like these things become captive to that stuff and you're going to feel good. So like when people come to me with their struggles and they're, they're stuck in an area, I can always guarantee that they've been meditating on a lie somewhere you know so anyway just rambling now drunk <laughs> i want to get back to um i wanted to define I, I was trying to come up with some language more language for this so i, I wrote it out while i was clear-headed beforehand uh what is mystical truth therapy so i'm gonna give you a couple of little definitions to, for people that want to dive in a little deeper and you can call it taking thoughts captive. You can call it being brainwashed by the whack. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It's just called thinking the truth. You know, it's, it's just called believing the gospel. Um, but it really is a therapeutic, you know, everyday kind of habit thing, you know. Um, so clearly defining what is mystical truth therapy. Number one, it's acknowledging the presence of the Trinity within us now and sharing their perspective. Okay. Acknowledging the presence of Trinity within us right now and sharing their perspective. Acknowledging, and this one's tough because um, the world really wants to reinforce you that your opinion matters. And there's an element of truth to that. 
But when the Holy Spirit reveals to you the Trinity's perspective, a lot of times we want to fight up a little bit. Not our true self. Your true self doesn't fight, but, you know, doesn't fight God ever. But there's this, when we've identified with this lie, sometimes we reinforce, we're like, no, God, I, I know what reality is like, <laughs> you know? Reality sucks, and I'm I'm stuck, and this person's mean, and they're bad. And Holy Spirit's like, okay, okay, all right. You know, you can think that. But mystical truth therapy is when we're uh, allowing their perspective to be reality. You know, it like those moments where we're like, okay, Trinity, like your thoughts are better. Like, <laughs> I agree with your thought. Whoa. Uh, number two, what is mystical truth therapy? It's acknowledging that the person and work of Christ are the ultimate word about our lives. Okay, so it's a, a, acknowledging the, that the person and work of Christ are the ultimate word about our lives. This is why Jesus is called the word, right? It's like what, what we've allowed to define things. God brings a definition in there. It's called Jesus. Jesus actually defines reality, everything about reality. So when we're acknowledging uh, that his person and his work are the ultimate word, where any thought, emotion, or desire that doesn't line up with that, we submit lovingly to be dealt with by the Trinity, right? So if you have these intrusive thoughts that keep coming back, or you have these issues, or whatever, these emotions, right? Um, I might get into thoughts, thoughts, emotions, and desires again, again in a little bit, because again, we don't. It's not gaslighting ourselves, right? We're, and we're not trying to deny. We're, this isn't stuffing. That's important because that stuff will actually destroy your life. Like you're just trying to ignore the pain, but it's acknowledging that there's a greater perspective on what's happening in your life than that. Not you don't have to fight thoughts or fight emotions. It's becoming aware again, like we were describing earlier, of the bigger picture that a lot of times those emotions will get dealt with because the trinity's life is so good like it's hard to feel pissed off all the time when you see the way god sees you know like, or it's hard to whatever that issue is it's hard to feel tempted it's hard to feel like when you're seeing and this is why it works in every area right but um oh i might as well just dive into it some people don't recognize that there are also such things as lying emotions okay um in a lot of us are just beginning to feel comfortable with feeling our feelings. If you grew up as a stuffer or a, a, a repressor and repressed, denied, then you're just becoming comfortable with feeling your feelings. And that's a good thing, right? So I'll, I'll, don't. this isn't against that. Many people are on a, a, an exploration of just beginning to feel. Maybe religion told you you were never allowed to do anything except these certain things. So you've just repressed your true self for your whole life. You were in this box of performance. So coming out of that is a wonderful. At the same time, there's a pendulum swing to the other side. It says anything you feel, you need to go down that, that trail and feel it deeply. But the thing is, just like there's a, everyone knows there's a lot, you can have a lying thought, right? Like someone can just tell you something that's not true. I don't know, you know, I can tell you that there's, the lights are off in this room, right? It's, a, it's either true or it's not. And you can have a lying thought if you believe something that's not true. Well, in the same way, emotions can be based on lies. I'll say it this way. You watch a movie and scary music comes on, you'll start to feel fear. But it's not based in anything real. It's just music manipulating your emotions, right? 
But a lot of people have, are not even aware. I, I kid you not. I meet people on a regular basis that are not aware. Sometimes our emotions have been tricked by something, by this, that, or the other. Now, the good news is, you don't, like Francois said, uh, this isn't about untangling all of that stuff. You don't have to sit there and like discern it all. Just in any moment, if you're like not sure, you're like, is this, am I feeling reality right now? The Trinity's in you. Just sit and say, hi, hi, Jesus. What's real? Oh, let's feel what, what's true. Can you help me to feel what's true? Whoa. I mean, really do that for a second? It's hammered. <laughs> like, I, I just did it for a second while I was talking. <laughs> like, like, help me to feel what is true about reality. Whoa. Maybe there's just been a lot of horror music, horror movie music playing in my life, you know? And I felt like it was real. But what's real in this moment? Whoa in any moment. And again, it isn't even up to you. Sometimes Holy Spirit will just smack you out of the blue and just be like, you want, I'm just going to let you feel something real quick. Whoa! Like, I didn't ask, Lord. <laughs> He's like, I knew it before you asked. Anyway. But yeah, and then the same with desires. So so sometimes you, you, know, you could be tricked into thinking you desire this, that, or the other thing. You're like, I want that or whatever. And a lot of sometimes in the new creation, we're like, well, aren't all my new creation desires holy? Yes, they are for sure. But you haven't always been identifying with what's the truest truth about you. So sometimes you get a little confused. Again, in those moments, say, Holy Spirit, what are you desiring right now? And what's the real me really want? What's the real me desire right now? And you can feel that. Like God is in you, empowering you. You're not stuck in some like, you know, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. You know, there's never a moment where you're stuck, prone to something else. You're prone to righteousness. That's the new creation reality. And if you don't feel that in a moment, don't get confused. Mystical truth therapy, uh, therapize for a moment. You know? <laughs> Mystical truth therapize. Sit there, say, Holy Spirit, what are you feeling? Or what? And, and it's also okay to say, show me what I'm really feeling. Show me what I'm really desiring. Show me what I'm really thinking. So... This is really practical stuff that's, that almost nobody talks about. I know I've been going on and on. It's like already an hour and a half into this thing. But this stuff right here is, is a, like a major part of life. A, a, anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, this is major, right? Like, have you felt this kind of stuff is how you stay stable in, in glory? Like, this is, it's when you realize you have a greater reference, right? There's a greater reference than my experience, <laughs> which we all say that in the Christian church all the time, but most of us haven't taken to its full conclusion. This message is just about kind of following the rabbit hole a little deeper into, you know, we all know it's the gospel that sets us free, but then sometimes we're like, I don't feel free. So what we're talking about tonight is just in the, is, is just little practicals or whatever. It's just discipleship of just saying, being ruthless with those little thoughts and emotions and desires that don't feel right. Um, and then sometimes, so let me, and let me just close that little part out by saying, sometimes you will still feel sadness with Holy Spirit, right? This isn't about just trying to like laugh all the time. Although I do believe most of the time, that's what the Trinity are doing. Okay. As I already described, but also there are times where, you know, Jesus wept and I believe he still feels pain with people. There's empathy there. So like sometimes when you're like, Holy Spirit, what am I truly feeling right now? I'm starting to feel a little bit of sadness come over me. I'm starting to feel this thing. Um, he may be saying, yeah, that's my sadness. And I'm sharing that with you. But there'll always be a, a, a bliss underlying it. 
Okay. He's not going to, he's not going to lead you into like the dark night of the soul depression. That's a lie. I rebuke that. Okay. That's all the dark night of the soul is, it, it may be someone's experience, but it's not what God had for anybody. Okay. But he does have empathy for us. He's, you know, he still has us to weep with those who weep and weep over, over issues. And, but ultimately, you know, our overarching definition is always going to be bliss and joy and life. And, and, you know, but there is a life in weeping with those who weep, sir. And, and that just needed to be said, because sometimes people think we're like, you know, we just want to gaslight everybody so they laugh all the time. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times drunk the drunken gospel gets accused of spiritual bypassing or toxic positivity or repression, denial. And that's why I had to like give a 50 like pre pre rambles before all this stuff. But um, mystic truth therapy is not trying to just act, uh, get back on the, you know, I'm blessed. Praise God. I never, I never shed a tear in my life. You know, it's not that it's feeling the emotions, thinking the thoughts of Jesus with him now, not with him as he was then. That's another thing that people get tricked in, right? People get tricked into thinking that now our life is to repeat what Jesus did in his earthly life. That's another lie. Okay. So some people will be like, if you're sharing Jesus's emotions, then you're probably going to have a time where you're, you know, uh, weeping to tears shed to the point of blood like he did in the garden of gethsemane and uh, you know to the point of death he was sorrowed unto death he was a man of sorrows now, a lot of that stuff he actually did so that you don't have to okay right there is something that jesus accomplished that we're not reaccomplishing over and over praise god that's why he's the savior that's the point of the message of the finished work but people still get confused um your life is not to repeat what jesus did your life is to express as he is now, right? As he is now. Well, so what is Jesus doing now? He's not saving the world by putting a bunch of humans through suffering so they can become new saviors. He's living it, life with joyful, redeemed sons and daughters who would co-seated at the right hand of the Father and heavenly glory far above every principality and power. <laughs> as he is, so are we in this world, not as he was. All right, simple. <laughs> okay i got three more little points okay three more what is mystical truth therapy it's also acknowledging the goodness of what is true in the gospel as more true than any bad thing that we think is a big deal okay um acknowledging the goodness i have goodness in all capitals acknowledging the goodness of what's true in the gospel as more true than any bad thing that we think that's a big deal. So for example, is someone sick? Yes, but more true than that, they are healed. Okay, so we're not denying the sickness. We're not going to ignore it. It's okay to talk about it. But what you want your mind to be set on is that by his stripes, they were healed. And as our reality becomes aware of the person and work of Christ, you'll see more healings happen. Right? That's it. And that again, that's not your striving to believe or uh, it's natural to you and that's what holy spirit's doing <laughs> all right um so another another did my boss yell at me maybe yes but my emotions are rooted in the emotions of christ my boss is a holy new creation <laughs> so it's like you can experience that moment at work where there maybe there's a pain or a little discouragement because your boss said something to you or, and maybe they brought a, a substantial criticism or unsubstantial criticism in that moment, you can feel, some people will say, okay, you have a right 
to go and feel sad and upset and depressed. And you know what? I mean, in a, in a sense, yeah, Jesus is fine with all that. He's not like waving this over you, but there's always a greater truth in that same moment, right? So it's, it's seeing a greater truth. My emotions are rooted in the emotions of Christ. When my boss yells at me, I can take healthy criticism and I can respond by giving them a hug, you know? <laughs> like, that's possible for you now. Now, it may not feel natural at first when you're like just getting used to the gospel, but it'll become more and more and more normal as your mind is set on this reality and you're like, oh my God, my boss is beautiful. My boss is hammered drunk in the glory. They just said something really mean or whatever. It's a, it, I don't take it personally because my identity isn't rooted in what somebody else says. You know, So it's acknowledging the goodness of what's true in the gospel is more true than any bad thing that we might think is a big deal in the moment. That's mystical truth therapy. Woo! Okay, uh, number number E. I don't know. <laughs> Mystic truth therapy is that gratefulness and joy are okay and normal in every moment. Because the truth is that no negative thing is substantial or long-lasting. We are in the glory with all the family of God. Gratefulness and joy are okay and normal. Now, that even you know secular therapists have really emphasized gratefulness training there's you can go to entire like seminars and gratitude and gratefulness i was talking with a, a counselor recently who said the number one thing that they address in their sessions when counseling is helping people to learn gratefulness and it's because it's tr it's the truth you want to see your life changed become grateful and it's because there's actually something rooted to that, to be grateful for. Reality is actually good. Again, if it was just positive thinking, it might work in counseling sessions, but eventually they're going to realize that life sucks and they're going to have to deal with that. You know, but we we have a reason to be grateful, and truth therapy is saying, you know, every day that gratefulness and joy are the normal response to reality. Okay, so how am I feeling right now? Let's remember some things to be grateful for. Whoa. To me, it's hilarious. Like, um, gratefulness is so, you know, it's become so rooted in me now. And I, I, I love just sharing with you, we're in the easiest time to be alive ever, right? It's, it's actually the easiest time in history to be grateful. So to, to not have a gratefulness mindset, it's actually like you've been gifted already by like, just look around the world. Like there's less poverty and sickness than there ever was. Uh, it's easier to get anywhere. It's easier to connect with loved ones, et cetera, et cetera. That's not saying that all, there's no issues in the world, but great, you've been given like a, a, a hundred steps up from a lot of generations and how easy it is to be grateful, let alone just looking at Jesus, right? <laughs> Even if everything is going wrong, just look at Jesus because you know circumstances aren't going to source your gratefulness. But um, I, I, in, in any therapeutic circle, they're gonna train you on gratefulness. Um, the number one thing, when we worked in our limited ministry and working with people stuck in poverty, when we were working uh, with people, homeless folks and people that couldn't pay their bills, their lights are getting shut off, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The number one thing we would always run into is just, it, it's always complaint, victim mentality and no gratefulness. And that's not to criticize all these people. Some of these people were genuinely handed a bad deal. But when you start to see people get out of that was when somehow they would begin to just be thankful and grateful. And it's like, there's, it just transforms stuff. And, and that's what they would train us in when we were ministering in this, um, this ministry to the poor. They're like, 
in your sessions, if you can just help people to remember a few things they're grateful for and just watch things turn, all of a sudden they start to feel encouraged and start to feel powerful again instead of stuck in a victim, you know? So truth therapy is removing victim mentality and allowing gratefulness and joy to be okay and normal for me. Like, whoa. And this is informed by the gospel, not just rooted in positive thinking, but it's saying, wow, I have way more to be grateful for in this moment. Whoa, way more to be joyful for. Even if the worst thing just happened to me, doesn't mean you're trying to gaslight yourself out of grief. There is Christian grief and there's reason to feel grief if someone dies, if something goes wrong. But the majority of your life is still gratefulness. Most of the even most of the circumstances of your life are good. Right. Even if there's a few bad. So anyway, last thing, and then I'll shut up. <laughs> Truth therapy is that we are going to think God's thoughts on purpose and encourage others by sharing God's thoughts too. that everyone begins to be rooted in daily experiencing the kingdom of heaven life that is already ours is thinking God's thoughts on purpose. It's on, so that's, that's kind of part of the, of the therapy. It's like reminding us that the gospel is that even if you don't do it on purpose, Holy Spirit's still going to just come around every day and be like, you weren't, you weren't thinking them, but I'm going to put them in your head anyways. Like <laughs> God didn't leave us here to, to pull this off on our own. At the same time, you, it's, it's a daily joy of ours to on purpose. Remember, I mean, my, my three favorite little meditations is God is good. I am good and the whole world is good. <laughs> Those are hammered. If you if you actually just on purpose think these thoughts with God, like ask ask the Father again, is this true? Is it are you really good? Be like, yep. Am I good? You're really good. Is the whole world good? Holy Spirit's like, yeah. I'm like they'll resonate so hard. They're like, this is what we've been trying to tell you your whole life. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's all good. It's such a silly little thing that gets thrown around, you know, when people think it's shallow, but it's substantial, life-changing, meditative reality. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my Jesus. Oh, yo, 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 yo. oh glory, glory, glory. So let's respond a little bit. Okay, I talked a long time. Um, what do you? What is you guys being provoked? What are anything you want to add? Or we always love questions. If you're like, so are you saying this or what about this? Uh, let's interact for a little bit. Uh, fair game of anything on this topic. Just let it loose. So so fun to hear from you guys too, because half of you could have preached this like better than me, for sure. Shaba. Holy glory. I'm going on mute. Somebody just praise the Lord or something. <laughs> Holy Jesus. Holy. You were good. We're all good. Well, I was getting some juice on that, that little word called consider. And I was like, let's just look that up a little bit right here. So it means to think carefully about something. When you're making a decision, typically believing, thinking, and I was like, ooh, there's something deeper. Let's go to the root of this. And uh, in Latin, it means together with and meaning together, together with and heavenly body or consolation. It's like you were saying, 
getting a bigger picture. We're considering ourselves dead. We're considering ourselves alive now with him, present with the Lord. Considering it, looking at it like you're like you're seeing the heavenly body. You're seeing the whole picture when you're seeing yourself in him. Whoa. <laughs> the puzzle pieces are coming together. <laughs> and you're looking at that while your thoughts and, and something else you were saying is that like uh you know taking thoughts captive i think what we get hung up on is the taking part but just think about this getting your thoughts captivated letting this thought get captivated as you're, you're as you're thinking it. it's like that let 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 that thought look at our our situation look at our situation in christ like see it through that and it always ends up so much better <laughs> so good so good Shava. <laughs> by the way guys john and audrey are going to be leading next thursday night so if you like that but wait there's more <laughs> look at their faces it's gonna be fun to hear from you guys next week yo it doesn't have to be on this topic either i'm gonna continue this topic whenever i share again but if you guys take us on another direction that's okay. i don't know where they're going i don't know where this rabbit trail's going who else wants to share something that you're that you're feeling I thinking tonight i want to share um okay so I, I feel really strongly. I just want to share for probably not you guys who are here today. I don't know, maybe, but specifically for anyone who's listening later, um, I wanted to share about if you're in that place and I'm speaking to you because I've been there where you hear everything that's being talked about tonight and you're like, well, you don't know what I've been through and you don't know how terrible everything is. And like, first of all, because I know what you're saying. If, if you're feeling that way, and I don't know, I just feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me to speak to anybody feeling like that, because I've been there, and I remember listening to, like, different people talking, and I even listened to Matt's prayer parties, like, during COVID, and I remember just being livid, like, like livid the entire time, and I'm like, these people probably had easy lives, and they've probably never been through anything bad, and they're just, like, toxic positive, and blah, 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 specifically reflecting a lot of like people who really did not support me at churches in the past, like not these people, but other people that I've been exposed to that that just didn't have the wherewithal to support me in a pretty hard times. So I was having a little bit of a trauma response to it. But I can tell you coming from that place, being in like, I would say way, way, way below average functioning level of depression, physical ailments, uh, money issues, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Um, the way that I got out of it did not have anything to do with uh, forever, always validating all that stuff. It's interesting because for the first part of it, it's kind of like I, I got myself into it because I pretended that I wasn't human or something, or I just tried to be hyper spiritual all the time. And so I manifested all the sickness. And, and then so Holy Spirit, like the, the, what I'm really saying is Holy Spirit's going to lead you whatever you need to do. But it's interesting. Holy Spirit first led me to say what I'm going through is happening and it does suck. Like, cause I actually was in real denial. So then I was there and then it, and then the time got stale. 
like of validating my experience. And it started to be where I was telling old stories, like old things that had happened and there weren't any new bad things that happened. Um, and I actually, it's funny, the Holy Spirit made me get tired of going back over my history and all the bad stuff. And I started to just get tired of it. I'm like, man, it's kind of exhausting. Like, does anyone need to know this anymore? And it's just so cool how Holy Spirit did all that. And then, and then Holy Spirit flipped it all. And it was like, okay, now it's just time to focus on something else. Um, and I think it had a whole culmination of reasons why, you know, some of the therapies that I had used and, and supplements and doctors actually started to help my body enough to where it was very safe to say, Hey, it's okay. You know, I don't, I don't really need to hyper-focus on that. Um, and then I started reading about uh, neural retraining in just general science right now um, and how they talk about the pathways sometimes manifest problems because of what you have previously believed or what you've previously experienced. And it's not real anymore. Like it was real. You had a trauma and your brain is trying to avoid ever having that again, but then it's not real anymore. And so sometimes you'll start experiencing things and they're just not actually substantial. They're not, they're not rooted in reality anymore. Um, and so that can be like a really exciting tipping point. So I just want to encourage anyone who's feeling that place. Like, first of all, like what you're going through is valid. It's, it's okay. If you're going through horrible, horrible, horrible things, and hopefully no one is going to make fun of you for that. Like, I mean, I would be happy to talk to anybody who's going through the worst of the worst, and I'm not just going to tell you to buck up and smile about it. And at the same time, there, there really is hope. Like, I am not kidding. I, I, I had to get sat down by a doctor two years ago to confront me about my depression, anxiety, and how it was dangerous for my kids. And that was two years ago. And now I am just like floating. Like every day is joy and, and gratitude has been a huge part of that. And today, like I took a walk to the park and I was just thinking about how I love my stroller and I love hearing the kids playing and it's so sunny. And for some reason it was 75 degrees in January and I could hear like, kids laughing and I saw a dad fishing with his daughter and I was just like to the point of tears laying on my little little picnic blanket and um I don't know just sitting there and it, that's like such a mundane thing that's that's not really on a lot of people's special list but it really matters it, it was like this is my life and I can enjoy it so much right now and that just snowballs so yeah, feel free to reach out if you're going through anything. This is Allison Metcalf. If you're listening to it on the like a podcast later and you can't see me, please just reach out on Facebook um, Messenger or something because I'd love to talk to you and encourage you. <laughs> that is so good. I just want to echo that 100%. 100%. That that's always my concern. You know, we're we've had we've had that so many times over the years where it's like a lot of us are just so happy. That And we didn't necessarily always take the time to like explain what's going on and how we got this way. So people just think that we're ignoring anybody that's struggling or we're ignoring issues. And But there is something so substantial and then there's such a hope that you can get. Uh, there's a, you know, and I love how Allison is just compassionately sharing from both sides of the coin there. And uh, if you feel stuck, it's just so good that you're here and that you're listening and that you're around. And you're so needed and wanted, and there is so much hope. Um, and it's the truth that sets us free. So not trying to do whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but Jesus Christ himself stepping into our darkness and revealing it in, in the perfect time. 
and he's not in a rush. Like, that's why I, I never want to do these. I, I don't even do like altar calls and stuff. A lot of times it's like people feel rushed to force to have some sort of response and everything's supposed to change in that moment. Uh, if it's going to change in that moment, then Holy Spirit's there and doesn't need my altar call help <laughs> to force some. All right. Now everyone's going to get the joy and your problems will be over. You know, it's like Jesus is just with you and he's leading you through all that stuff. Um, but it's going to be his gospel and the, real, the, the reality of that it's done and he's got wholeness for you now that eventually like seeps into every little nook and cranny. Jenny, I see Jenny's hand. What do you want to share? Hey. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, Allison, yeah, like it's, um, um, I just have been going through some heavy shit, like, uh, most of my life, like super heavy shit. Um, just, uh, like a lot of torment. Um, but like, I feel like just like Allison was saying, like, don't the coming out of denial, and validating that it was really, really hard growing up. Very, very difficult. But, and as I validate it, like, I I can feel his love. Like, even right now, I I can feel his, I can feel his love. And, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I haven't had moments where like, I felt him like, Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry for what, you know, you went through. And especially as a little girl, like little girls should not get abused. Little girls should not get abused by their parents. Any, any form of abuse. That's just so wrong. Like he, he hates it. Um, but then there's times like, when I'm still, I'm still dealing with like intense fear and shame. Like I suck, like nobody likes me. I can't go to work. I suck at my job, even though I've been doing it for 20 years and I have a degree and I do it every day. But I will say though, that I have found that being like Matt, you were saying like being ruthless with taking those thoughts captive in the word and also like practicing his presence, like meditating, I'm finding that, um, like there's like in my being, I feel him. I feel his love and compassion inside of me. Like all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, I just, I feel him saying something. And like one day I was listening to this person's um, testimony. Her name's Rachel Cannon. And, and I, I still struggle with insomnia. So I'm laying in bed and I'm like, Lord, where the F were you like growing up and blah, blah, blah. And I heard him say like suddenly, like, like 15 minutes later, his presence comes and he's like, Teddy, I went through it with you. I was there with you. And it's like, I even commented on um, somebody's post today. I can't remember his name. He he posted something. He loves Brand, Brandon Manning or something. And <clears throat> like, 
it's just so true that um I just totally lost my thought. Um like it's I just feel like it's yeah, it's it's like okay to um to just tell God how you really feel about it and like um oh my god, it was a good thought too. Well anyway, <laughs> I don't remember what it was. But yeah, like just the Lord telling me like, oh, I went through it. Oh, I know what it was. It's like, I don't feel alone. I, I don't feel like, oh, I wasn't really alone when I was a little girl and I was really scared. He was really with me. So anyway. <laughs> that is it right there. That is it. Oh my gosh. Do you, do you guys mind if this part is still on? on the recording later too, because I put this on podcast and what, what Allison shared, what you just shared, Jenny, like this is, this, this is it. Like that's, this is the point. Like, mm -hmm. if you don't mind, if you, if you, if you do, that's totally okay too. We can take it off, but. Oh no, like, go for it. That, yeah. I like other people getting help too. <laughs> oh yeah. What you just shared is so that's it. He just, he meets us there and in the midst of all that stuff, he'll just show us his heart. He just shows us reality. He redefines those moments and those, those traumas. Those, it, this is real therapy. Like it, it's real. And I love that you also mentioned that you're practicing the presence because that's, that was the reason I wanted to include the word mystic in this truth therapy. That doesn't just become an intellectual exercise, but it's just sitting with the Trinity you know, whoa, even if you're not thinking about anything, even if you're not hearing anything, but you're, you, as you sit there, his love is the therapy, you know, you're sitting there, you're just in, whoa. I mean, this is more caught than taught, right? Like the gospel is more caught than, than taught. And as we were talking earlier, this, I love teaching, nothing wrong with it, but when you're combining the, this truth stuff with just practicing the presence, I love it. And the, and the fruit is on your face, Jenny, like what you're sharing. It's like, you just, you can see, you can just see, I don't know. I've seen the health even over this few weeks that you know, months actually that you've been coming or maybe it's been a couple of years, just like the health coming into your eyes and your face. And just like, there's a vibrancy, you know, that only whatever is happening, I just affirm it. And I just, it's so good. So good. So, anyway, uh, Allison, go ahead. <laughs> hey, I just thought of one more thing I wanted to add to mine is if if you are going to listen to any of this, <laughs> like I need to renew my mind and da, 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 but you're not actually personally convinced of it, then it'll just be religion. Like there's no point in trying to do a lot of this stuff out of like obligation or because you think you're going to fix yourself or whatever. And I think that was a huge reason I had so much denial at the beginning was because I was like, I wasn't personally convinced of this. I was just trying to do what I was supposed to do or something and please God or fix myself or whatever. And, and it's cool because Holy Spirit is so faithful to convince you. So if you're at that level, you can be like, Holy Spirit, I don't believe any of this, but I really don't know what else to do. Convince me of something. Tell me something because I, I don't know what to do. And once Holy Spirit convinces you, that's not denial anymore. If you're fully convinced this is reality and you're you're in for it, then it's like this is waking up and it's beautiful. So don't do anything because anybody tells you. 
<laughs> do it because you know Holy Spirit told you. <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> <Whoa! laughs> yes, like like we say at the beginning of Jubilee, we're not here to fix anyone. <laughs> we're celebrating that we're all fully embraced and into the life of the Trinity, already been made whole and complete. But if you don't believe that, that's okay. We're just glad you're here. Let yeah, and pray that prayer. Yeah, convince me. <laughs> convince me that I've already been fixed, Lord. My God. <laughs> uh, anybody else want to share a thought tonight? I do. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> you know, I, what I, what I love. <laughs> oh, I love you guys. What I love about this gospel is it so works. No matter where you are, where you, <laughs> no matter where you are in this whole thing, because. Some of us have grasped it for a long time and it resonates with us. Some of us are still trying to figure things out. Actually, I think all of us, no matter where we are on this journey, we're, I feel like all of us are on both sides of the spectrum at times and some of us more than others on one side or the other. And so it's like, you know, there's there could be, you know, areas where, Man, I you know, I'm just so full of joy and I just know God's God's just faithful and everything and I'm rejoicing and but I feel stuck here, here and here. Or I just feel stuck here. Or for some of us it's I feel stuck here, 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 and here. <laughs> you know, but no matter where we are in this place, he meets us. And He's just, he's, it's him doing it. It's just, man, so many times I think I know that. And, and you then I realize how much I still think according to my own strength or my own doing or my own efforts, you know, or, or even just thinking out of religion rather than relationship <laughs> you know like how many years have I been walking with you Jesus and you still have to nudge me and go honey you know you can still talk to me about this <laughs> you know you can still get down and dirty with me about you know you can get totally um, loud and let all your feelings out to me and I am not going to feel disrespected by you or not going to, you know, it just, he is so willing to meet us right where we are and uh, meet us in that it's okay not to be okay place. But then also he's like, if you want to be out of there, you let me know. I'm right here and I'm going to lead you out as soon as you are willing to get out. And uh, so it just, <laughs> it's just so good to know that, that it's no matter where we are, just um, there's no shame in it. 
there's no, oh my gosh, I thought I would be further along by now in my understanding or, you know, he's just, um, he knows us so well and he loves us so well that he knows those places anyway, you know, he, he knows those little areas in us where we, you know, are, are, still trying to figure things out. <laughs> so it's like he's completely aware of all this stuff. And he's just so willing to um he's just so willing to meet us there and and he's so willing to show us what the whole picture is, what reality really is. So anyway, I feel like I've been rambling. <laughs> Love you guys so much. Love you, Rainy. The words of wisdom from Mama God. <laughs> Hammered, guys. So, thank you, Rainy. Anybody else want to share anything? Oh, yo, yo, so rich. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> Ooh. We're wrapping it up here pretty soon. We're on the, we're coming in to wrap it up, as Ken Ken Hagen used to say. Uh, thank you, Lord. The meeting still hasn't been wrapped up. Praise God. Yeah, you know, I, I love what, what uh one one good reminder. Whenever we start talk, talking about anything practical, right? Anything practical. A great reminder is that if you don't do any of this, God still likes you just the same. <laughs> and you're just as saved and just as safe. <laughs> it's still going to work in your favor. <laughs> it's the crazy paradox. I think, you know, there is wisdom to learning some of this practical stuff because, you know, it might it might speed some you know, health up in your life in some way, but in reality, uh, you're always liked and he's going to make sure you, you, you're on the bright track. Like he doesn't, he doesn't lose a single sheep, you know, uh, in my Bible says he left the 99 for the one and all 100 were returned safe. So if you're like, I don't get any of this and I don't like any of this. Well, God believes in you. <laughs> God believes for you. He's in you. And yeah, somebody just commented that Allison, we're always right on time. You know, the redeeming genius. I love that Baxter often says that phrase. Holy Spirit is the redeeming genius. Whoa. Weaving all the mistakes and issues into a tapestry that we don't see as beautiful yet. Maybe but when you get the true perspective, you see it's the most beautiful thing ever. Uh, thank you, Lord. Well, let's just pray as we close out then tonight, guys. Um, thank you, Lord, for the truth. Wow. Jesus, you are the truth. And thank you that you're in us. You're waking us up, Lord, waking us up more and more to how good reality is. Whoa, you're sharing your life. You're sharing your perspective with us on everything, everything. And it's always more compassionate and more loving and more whacked 
it's always more human and it's always more divine than we ever imagined. It always fills and floods our life. So we just thank you for filling and flooding our life with yours and that we our life is hidden with you. Uh, we thank you for this union. And wherever each person, each one of us is tonight, we thank you that you are waking us up leading us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory, glory, glory. We'll put on my favorite uh, John Mark song as we uh, kind of fade out here. And I'll do a couple announcements, but thank you guys for joining us. Um, so good. We're going to be here on Sunday as well. And Dante and Allison are going to lead some worship. So if you wanted some new covenant worship in your life, uh, pop on to Sunday's Jubilee at 4 p.m. Eastern time this Sunday. Um, if you want to go, so I'm just going to pop up some of the stuff we have going on. If you want to go with us on a mission trip, I really want to invite some of you guys to travel the nations with us. Whoa. And to reach out. Linda's already going with us. Whoa. Dog. So Michelle, I think I believe Michelle's going to be coming with us. Praise God. Um I don't know who else. Uh, I want John Dutton. I want Audrey Dutton. I don't know. I'm just calling out names. But if any of you guys want to join us in Nicaragua, send me a message. I, I'll fill you in with all the details. It's really a pretty affordable trip. Um, it's only a thousand bucks that covers like, what is it? The 28th to the 7th, uh, March 28th to April 7th. Uh, and we're going to Amatepe, Nicaragua. So this is the largest uh, freshwater island in the Western Hemisphere. Beautiful island. We're going to be reaching out to a lot of travelers. Um, there's there's rumor now that Sam Matai might be coming with us as well. Um, Julie Wildstar is there. She has a base. We'll be staying in this amazing jungle base. Um, it's not really roughing it too bad, though. It's pretty comfortable, and it's hammered. Uh, so the, it'll be an awesome trip. Send me a message. Speaking of exotic places, we're also going to be in Hawaii. I know a lot of you guys, that's way too far for you. But if you can get to Hawaii in February, if you're close at all, you should come out to the School of the Cross in Maui. Whoa, Brian Schultz is going to be there. Yeah, yeah, Michelle is coming. Rachel Gum is coming. Uh, my wife, Katie, Brian, and Emily Schultz. If you want to come and just bask in this revelation of the cross, we're just going to talk about the cross for three days, get hammered in worship and enjoy Hawaii. So that's going to be fun. My last uh, announcement for now is about the Kainos School. We're starting this Kainos experience that I really want to invite um, some of y'all to do. It's actually going to be 11 weeks uh, in four different countries. So this is in July to September. It'll be most of July, August, September. Uh, and this one's going to cost $2,200 plus your plane tickets to immerse in glory community. If you want to learn glory community, if you want to be discipled in grace among people that are like living this stuff, um, we're going to be in, in Edinburgh, Scotland, Bern, Switzerland, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Ooh, the most exotic of all the locations, and <laughs> Tijuana, Mexico, uh, with Iglesia Espejo. Um, and that'll be a, a bit of a mission trip for that last part too. But if you want to immerse community lifestyle immersion in the beautiful gospel, uh, send an email to experiencekindos at gmail.com or send me a message. And then lastly, if you're still on here through the announcements, you definitely love this ministry. It's even endured. And uh, 
Maybe you want to uh, sew into it or become a monthly partner. Here's our online giving stuff. You can give by Venmo, Cash App, or Zelly, but uh, some of you have been on for a long time and you love what we're doing. Maybe you want to become a monthly partner. Go to thefirehouseprojects.com and uh, slash donate or just thefirehouseprojects.com. You'll see the donate button. That's what helps us the most. Really thankful to those of you that already partner with us monthly. It's so awesome. If you tune in here all the time, like maybe, you know, drop a weekly thing. It is a, you know, uh, Katie and I are full-time ministry and it really helps if you're able to, you know, support us to keep doing this stuff. So um, it's so fun and uh, yeah, it's drunk to give. So that's your new nature. Woo. Uh, love you guys. Hope you join us on Sunday. Next week we'll do, yeah, we've got Sunday, Monday and Thursday again coming up. So. So good. Just so good to see your beautiful faces. Yay. So good night, everybody. Good night, Melinda. Linda, back. Well, back, it's like good afternoon or morning. I don't know. <laughs> Jenny, bye. <laughs> Sophia, love you. Eric, so good having you in here, man. I want to hear more from you soon, Eric, bro. <laughs> Maybe Sunday. <laughs> Sammy and Brett. John and Audrey. Allison. Ooh, rainy. Aaron, glad you came tonight, Aaron. Ryder, it's good to see you. All you glorious people.